0: Yeah. Go. Hi, guys. Welcome back to I uh, Told You It Couldn't Breathe, Damn It. Uh, I'm Lori, and my co-host is Joey. Hey. We are coming to you today, again, from the French Press. Uh, just to let you know.
1: Here you go. This is the
0: name of it. If and you hopefully, you see while it, we're doing the
1: podcast, our drinks are coming over, so, you know. Yeah. A little product placement. So. <laughs> But a little like, well, that's what she's saying that. Let's do a little, uh, we're going to have the uh, owner and operator here in a little bit. Well, not probably on this one, but here soon. But French Press Coffee, we're here on 1960 and, um, and 290, right on the corner. Of course, all the construction is going on right now. Great little place. They have all kinds of diff- different things. They have food. They have lunch. They have coffee. They have iced coffee. They have uh, soda pop. Um, Which is lottery? I'm, I'm, I'm looking up at the. Uh, sorry, guys, I'm looking up at the uh, at the menu, but they got a little bit of everything. So uh, mm-hmm. come see these guys; it's really great. They do have a drive-through window, mm-hmm. um, so you can drive through, um, and um, they have a. Would you
0: say weekend? They do a wine and beer. Beer, wine and beer mm-hmm. on the weekend. And they even let you bring pizza in from next door. And speaking of our drinks. <laughs> Speaking I of, gotta get them.
1: Speaking of our drinks and stuff like that, so uh, here
0: we're talking about we're talking about the French press now. So I got the the freeze, and I have a banana nut latte.
1: And I got the and I got the freeze thing, so it's you know frappuccino type of deal. And and by the way, folks, for you with pets, they do have uh, puppuccinos, mm-hmm. so you can get your, your little pup cup. And you. they
0: are dog friendly. They are so. dog
1: friendly. I already got one for my dog not mm-hmm. too long ago. Of course, by the time I got home, because I live on the other side of town, by the time I got home, it was all, you know, melting yeah. type of stuff. So he kind of cared for it and he kind of really didn't care about it. So. But, anyways, uh, salut, come see these guys. Really, mm-hmm. really great place, uh, great atmosphere. Yeah, um, really great people, and we want to thank them for letting <laughs> us do the podcast out of here, and yes. uh, you know, being able to uh, go from there.
0: So, yeah, and they play music in the background, so if you hear that, we don't hold the rights to that; we don't own the rights to the music. Uh, so it's just a station that's piped in through here. Uh, Sorry, guys,
1: I'm reacting to my drink because I got the peanut butter one. <laughs> Brain freeze. Yeah, peanut butter <laughs> cup. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so there you go.
0: (laughs) If you're just joining us, our podcast can be found on Anchor, Breaker, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Radio Public, and again, we're still waiting on Apple approval. Um, We also can be found on YouTube and uh, Facebook and Instagram under "I Told You I Couldn't Breathe." They won't let us put the damn it in the title. So Um, damn it on that. And for those of you who are a little background on why I called it this, as um, before I was diagnosed with the three terminal lung diseases that I had, is I kept telling people, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And after my first diagnosis, I, I told them, I said, I told you I couldn't breathe, damn it. And uh, they actually made me a shirt that said that. So <laughs> that's the reason why I decided to call this uh, podcast this. And uh, we'll
1: find that shirt eventually, and hopefully we'll. Yeah. Hopefully that'll lead to some merchandise, people. Yeah, so, and it's so, so
0: much bigger than what I am now. So it's about three times. It'd probably fit about two or three people. Well
1: yeah, for the you know we don't have much of a winter here in in, uh, in southeast Texas. So, but hey, yeah, you could be for the winter months.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: or straight out of the pool or something, you know. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when we left off. Uh, we had talked about me going to the PH on the road and me actually meeting one of the um, specialists for PH here in Houston. And she was a speaker at the luncheon. We were talking about, or she had talked about meds, the new meds that were being developed, um, the advances in detection of the disease, although it's still most of the time, late term, before they actually figure out what it is. Um, In my situation, I had been diagnosed with exercise-induced asthma for five years before they ever figured out I did not have asthma. So, um, but I had met her, I asked her what I needed to do, um, what tests she needed, all the information she needed to get me over to their clinic. And I remember taking that information back, contacting my pulmonologist and never got a response. I had requested and requested and all through the month of September, I had requested that they send my information over because I did have a right heart cath. um, And most of their tests, I think the only one I didn't get have at the time was a VQ lung scan. Um, and it's hard to describe what a VQ lung scan is. Is they basically uh, put like a radioactive mm-hmm. dye or uh, something into your IV and it goes to your lungs. And then when you breathe through the test as you're breathing this in, mm-hmm. um, they can see in the capillaries how backed up your lungs are and where, how far the oxygen can go into your lungs or going out. So they measure kind of like both the intake and the output of CO2. So um, that was the last test I had to take, plus the 30 vials of blood they took. I think that's why I call um, anything that has to do with my testing now, I call it the vampire network. So basically (laughs)
1: a x-ray slash mm-hmm. uh, CT scan sec slash MRI slash... That's all I
0: want. Yeah. But and it's, it's a VQ
1: because, you know, it's for the lungs. It's especially for the lungs. Mm-hmm. And,
0: so. and it's hard to describe because uh, you are, like, sitting on a table and it is like an MRI because they drop you in this little machine. It's... I don't know how to describe it. It's been so long. It's got this... It's kind of like an MRI. It stands mm-hmm. up... Um, or it sits down and it's about this. Basically, I mean the scans. Like that, it scans yeah. Or, yeah. And they're just focused on your lungs. So, but um, I remember sending all the information to to my pulmonologist and saying, please send all my records over to them and uh, never hearing anything back. And I kept calling and kept calling and kept calling. And, uh, I couldn't understand why they weren't sending it over. And finally, through the PH Association, which helped me tremendously, um, there was an attorney on the board as well. She kind of helped me draft a notice for them to uh, send the information over there to them. I had to go so far as to saying, if you do not, I'm gonna contact the Texas Medical Board and have them ding your license. There wasn't any sense in suing because if you sue in the state of Texas, yeah. it's only a $250,000, um, I guess, uh, court case winnings if you win. And I would just spend that on attorneys. Yeah, that's that's so, a, it's a cap limit that they have on. Yeah, and it's basically, it's a $250,000 malpractice. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cut off, and that's the maximum. Um, so there wasn't any sense in that I wanted him to have to answer to his governing body and if you don't know how to treat that disease and your patient is requesting to be sent somewhere then you need to be sending them right you know that way they're they're with somebody that can help them and, uh, and that is your right, as a patient. You are, you know, if you don't
1: feel that this certain doctor, mm-hmm. it's your right to ask for your all your your information from that doctor. Right. And you are more than welcome to go to another doctor, get a second opinion, third opinion, fourth opinion. But that's your right. Just know that, you know, as a patient, you are allowed to do that. You uh-huh. and like your, next, getting,
0: yeah. your next yes, your next steps should be, if you're not getting that information, em- information contact an attorney or you may know someone uh, that can do that for you which is my case Um, they didn't charge me they just simply wrote a little letter on my behalf and automatically that triggered his office uh, to do something and it wasn't someone in his office he actually got the letter because nobody else was able to open it because it was specifically meant for him, which meant his nurse wasn't getting it, which he contacted me directly the day he got it and was not aware that I had sent the requests over there. And actually one of my friends went over there with the, I think the third request, um, With a copy of me signing everything for them to release to the hospital. And it was his nurse that wasn't giving him the information. Mm -hmm. And she ended up getting fired, (laughs) which was his personal nurse that did Mm -hmm. with all his patients. And the day he called me, he apologized profusely and said, I had no idea that you wanted that you had found somebody to take care of you. And uh, he immediately sent my records over to Baylor's, uh, I guess, lung clinic that they had because they don't just treat uh, treat PH patients or uh, they treat pulmonary fibrosis as well and other lung diseases, but... um, they sent it over to him. They sent my records over to Baylor. And I remember getting a call from the clinic and saying, okay, we received your records. It's gonna be at least three weeks to a month before we can set a, set you in there in our yeah. clinic. And that was early in the morning. And then that afternoon, about six o'clock or that evening, I remember getting a call directly from Dr. Frost, Dr. Safdar is who I had met uh, prior to all this that kind of got the ball rolling. And Dr. Frost, who was the main uh, doctor in the clinic there, Mm -hmm. she called me up and she said, Great doctor, great doctor. Yeah, she's wonderful. We call her Dr. Heels because you could always (laughs) hear her walking down the, uh, the corridor, and all you could hear was click, 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 click. <laughs> So as she walked, um, but she came in, um, uh, she called me and she said, uh, I want you in my clinic first thing Monday morning. Uh, we're not going to wait two or three weeks. Uh, I need to see you now. Wow. And I was like, okay. I had no idea. And sure enough. We walked in there first thing Monday morning, she drew 30 vials of blood. She scheduled me that afternoon for a VQ lung scan, which was next door to her office. So they did that. I couldn't eat, which I couldn't eat anyway. So they did that. We waited. Then she said, do you think you can do a six minute walk? That was my first walk ever. Wow. And so that was very interesting. They put me on, I think, seven or eight liters of oxygen because my O2 was so low. And uh, she had me, instead of a 15 minute visit, we did two hours. Oh,
1: wow. And she
0: took a thorough uh, record of everything from back as far as I could. And there were things that I forgot. And she had asked me and i remember her asking me then um had i been treated for cancer and at the time i didn't even think about it, it just didn't cross my mind no. um i really didn't and it wasn't until later on that i remembered you know all the things that i had had when i had non-hodgkin foma so we went in we did the six-minute walk and she said "Um, I probably have you in this stage in stage three beginning stage four of pH Um, because I hadn't really passed out yet so I wasn't what they termed as syncopic Mm -hmm. Uh, at that point I did have the purple lips or blue lips Uh, my fingertips were starting to turn blue uh just a little bit of clubbing and that's how they notice a lot of this for lung pa- or lung patients uh, your fingers start to club and if you've ever seen clubbed fingers it's where the tips of your fingers will get just a little they're kind of flat and they kind of ball up mm-hmm. uh, right. if you've ever watched et <laughs> That's the best way I can that's a describe great it. Yeah, I was,
1: was going to say, that's yeah, that's really, wow, that's a really good uh, visual there. So you see your finger, this finger, the way it's, you know, kind of bubbled up a little bit, or however you want to, uh, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: It's bubbled up on the end, yeah. and that's uh, because your fingers are trying to get some kind of circulation right so again your
1: blue tinting that everybody talks about yes your lack of oxygenation Mm -hmm. to those extremities to those areas yeah and when she was talking about needing you know more than you know how many liters did you say again on your on your walk uh i think i had six or eight okay so really truthfully normal for anybody on that is like two to four and that's kind of like Somewhat of the range in the medical, so you guys can hear. So four, I mean, out four is your really highest point. For the most part, just somebody needing a little bit of a little kick of a little bit of oxygen. So that you know, for her six or more, that's quite a bit. You know, you're starting. You that means you're needing. Your body's really needing to. Yeah. Needing that oxygen in there.
0: Because at that stage, when you're not on oxygen, you're not getting oxygen in. Is it's hard for people to understand that you start to forget things because your main flow of oxygen is going to your vital organs. It's trying to get to your brain, but it's mainly going to your vital organs and that's why they look at your fingers and your toes and your lips and why those things are turning blue. And, and the, I remember what was it? I went to my, uh, another primary care, because I, I had endocrinologist, then I had a primary care physician, and I remember walking into my OBGYN and she looked at me and she said, "Do you have Reynolds?" Which was, you know which Reynolds is basically the same thing because you don't have blood flow to your fingers and you start to get uh, this glossy look mm-hmm. on your fingers. and if you've seen people, their fingers start to look stiff and they're shiny and they're blue and, they're blue. and that's part of renaud's as well were you um, getting
1: a lot of blue on your lips
0: yeah mm-hmm. i had really blue lips <laughs> not, that Actually, purple.
1: Blue, no, not that you were wearing blue uh <laughs> lipstick or anything but
0: right <laughs> they called it the blue lip kiss and i remember that was one of the things yeah. uh, that and they for a lot of you about. to know
1: that too that's also one of the late signs of you needing oxygen Mm-hmm. Is the bluing, the tinting. That's, that's something else is going on if you just getting that mm-hmm. and not knowing what you have or don't have. That's one of your late signs. So, you know, be very careful and listen to your body. Really yes. listen to your body because I know Lori says she's listened to her body quite a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And even though she was active as a, as a kid and growing up and everything, still she listened to her body. And that's what led to all this. So, yeah. You know, you can't we can't say that enough listen to your body your body will tell you what's going on
0: yeah and that was one of the things that I learned when talking with dr. Frost and she's seeing all the fluid and stuff on me that first visit Um, she and did an imprint on my right leg she could just squeeze it and she knew I was having heart issues and then she explained to me are you having shortness of breath Or can you not breathe and then she told me the difference Mm -hmm. and the difference was if you're short of breath that means there's fluid around your heart and which is causing compression and shortness of breath if you can't breathe that's your lungs and if there's fluid around your legs then it's gonna be around your heart and lungs because those are signs that your body is retaining fluid Mm -hmm. because it can't get it off
1: So, and what she's saying about the heart, you know, fluid around your heart and lungs, uh, that's when you appear the congestive heart failure or CHF, um, which is another thing. So when she has all this, all this other stuff could be happening at the same time. Right. And they got to really try to pinpoint what is it that's going on.
0: Right, exactly. And that's what pH causes is we don't necessarily die from not being able to breathe. It's, our heart is overworking and it basically explodes because we mm-hmm. usually have acute right heart failure. Mm-hmm. And um, or that means everything's the, backing yeah. up into this chamber. Yeah,
1: So basically your heart is what they say, you know, kind of your fist. So basically your heart's doing this. Mm-hmm. Cause it's trying to get more oxygenated blood in there, trying to push it out. And it, it's all staying there because it's- It can't go anywhere. Can't go anywhere because there's no, the function is not there. Right. So when your heart, so you guys can have a little visual, when your heart pumps, it pushes and contracts, and then it goes, and then it opens up, refills, gets full of nice oxygenated blood, and then pushes it back out. Right. Well, this refilling gets like this, and it's not, doesn't have the electricity, so it starts doing this, 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 mm-hmm. this, 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 Yeah. And you guys- And I'm doing a visual I, for you guys that are listening, I'm doing a visual, I keep opening my hands <laughs> from, you know, like a claw, I keep opening, it, opening, opening. This. That's what I'm, that's the visual yeah. that I'm doing for you guys that are listening and can't can't see it. Yeah, their, can't their, see
0: it. <laughs> 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 and uh, and the, I was about to say that you know you can't see you unless you watch the YouTube video, which we'll post. But um, that was another thing is was her having to explain these things to me and ex, and understand them and and it's a lot for people to. comprehend because you have so much information that's coming at you Mm -hmm. so here's a little tip for you whenever you go into doctors like this and they start talking about all these medical things and things are just coming at you and it's very overwhelming as a patient take somebody else with you Um, that way they could take notes and because I can tell you this when you hear the phrase, you have a terminal lung disease, at that point, that's all you hear. And that's the only thing that sticks in the front of your brain. And the rest of it is like, blah, 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 blah. Charlie Brown. <laughs> and it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> not walk, not and that's all walk, you out. hear. So,
1: Because they say you hear, even in a normal conversation, people will tune out. If you don't catch them in the first eight seconds of anything, ten uh, percent of what you tell somebody, that's all they're going to retain. Right. You know, so in the ten percent, you could have been just bab- blabbling, but mm-hmm. the other per- the ninety percent, you said something really important, and they missed it.
0: Right. And that's what I liked about Dr. Frost, is the initial consultation and the initial visit with her, the two hours of notes. She was taking all that information, and then when we got around for the next visit, which was, I think, the next week, I had a laundry list of questions for her. So, that just made it easier to deal with at that point. So, But, um, we're going to take another little break, and we're going to download this episode, and Come join us sometime at the French Press. Uh, Come have a coffee with us. Come join our conversation. So uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, and we're going to go more into my story and uh, connect you with another podcast. Yes, and
1: eventually how I lead into this story, too.
0: Yeah.